Here in New South Wales, we have a new minister in charge of strata. Is it going to be something new and fantastic and a bright new dawn, or is it going to be the same old, same old? I'm Jimmy Thompson. This is the Flat Chat Wrap. Hello, I'm here again with Sue Williams. Hi, Sue. Hi, Jimmy. And we're here to talk about the new fair trading minister. Sorry, he's not fair trading. He is innovation and better regulation minister, which is in charge of fair trading, which is in charge of strata. What do you know about him? What's his name? (laughs) Nothing. (laughs) You know nothing. Okay, I can tell you a little bit. I can tell you his name is Kevin Anderson. He is an MP in the Nationals Party for Tamworth. Fantastic. The home of the Golden Guitar. The home of the Golden Guitar, which is... Is that a building? <laughs> is that a strata building? Is that... Is well, that... that's strange, isn't it? It comes from Tamworth. Is Tamworth... That's a place that's really built up with lots and lots of apartment developments, isn't it? Yeah, maybe. Small ones. <laughs> we shouldn't dismiss it. Tamworth is a nice little town. We've been there once. I have. And um, it was... Mostly closed, but... Uh, oh, I've been there during the um, the Tamworth Country Music Festival, and it was really interesting, lots of line dancing, and um, <laughs> I remember doing a story, I actually remember doing a story about how lots of sex workers were bussed in to the town for that week. Right. And Tamworth City Council being really angry with me for doing that story. Yeah. Well, I thought it was actually quite a good story, really, but... I'd imagine anyway. the customers in the cities were quite angry as well. <laughs> well, I didn't actually name any. Where has Dolores gone? <laughs> so, yeah, so he's from Tamworth. Yes. Um, Tamworth is not known for its apartment developments. I mean, presumably... Not, not yet. Yes. I mean, there's probably a few apartments there, I imagine. Unit, little unit blocks, maybe three stories, yeah. walk-up places. But um, we should look there wouldn't into be this. very many. We should find the Tamworth apartment block. There must be yeah, one. Yeah, that's it, a good idea, yeah. really. <laughs> we probably name everybody in it. <laughs> so so that's a shame. So he's a, a nationals minister as well. Yes. The nationals aren't really known for their um, kind of interest in apartment residents, are they really? They're no, kind of apart more... from the ones who were in the Bridgeport building who were uh, got into a bit of strife. Oh, there. Yes. yes. Yeah, the Bridgeport building in Sydney where yes. there, there was lots of air, well, Airbnb or, Yeah, lets. short-term letting. Mm, yeah. yeah. I think that even predated Airbnb, actually. Oh, okay, sure. Because uh, Alex Greenwich lived there briefly oh, okay. in, his, in the early days before Airbnb. Mm. And he tells about, you know, coming out in the morning and seeing people wheeling families, wheeling their suitcases in and not being able to get into the lift and stuff. Mm. So that And that was ages ago. Okay, so that's a good start. So at least he knows about Airbnb, presumably. From his national colleagues, colleagues who will yes. be telling him it's a fantastic thing. But otherwise, don't, do you get kind of get the feeling that the Liberals had to find this man a ministry? Yes. You know, the nationals, you know, have a certain allocation for yes. ministries and for positions. Unlike women. <laughs> yes, because it doesn't work with women. Doesn't work with women, know, but it works with um, national. With the MPs. national, yeah, yeah. Um, so you, it kind of smacks of the idea that they had to find a place for him, and they kind of thought, well, this is the place where he might do the least damage, maybe. Yes. Which is a bit sad for apartment residents, isn't it? Oh, really, because tragic. we'd like to think well, we're well, pretty well, important. Yeah. I mean, lots of people living in apartments. A lot of people, more people, will be living in apartments in the years to come. So yeah. it's an incredibly important issue. Yeah. And to be kind of treated as a bit of a backstop is a shame. 
Yes. I mean, there's no way that Gladys Berejiklian is going to put a Labour person on her on her ministry. I think she should give Alex Greenwich a call. I mm. think she should say, hey, Alex, you know, you're, you are the MP for the greatest concentration of apartments in Australia. You live in an apartment. Um, how about you come over and we, we make you a, a minister in our government? Wouldn't that be a fantastic thing? Oh, that would be interesting. Would he accept? Like a shot, wouldn't oh. he? <laughs> <laughs> I have to ask him. Well, it's interesting because even Yasmin Catley, I mean, you had her on a podcast, didn't you? Yeah, I did. She's great. She's, I mean, and she really prioritised apartment residents and she has some great ideas, doesn't she? She's fantastic. She wanted to have a strata commissioner like they do in Queensland. She uh, she was going to bring in a registry of Airbnb or short-term holiday lets. Yeah, which would have been a good idea. Ah, terrific idea. I mean, wherever it has happened, it just flushes out all the illegal lets immediately mm. i mean they just introduced one in tokyo last in japan last year 60 percent of the short-term lets in japan disappeared off the listings overnight in tokyo well and the other, oh, other, and cities. The other cities yeah 60 percent yeah as soon I mean, as the registry was introduced. Yeah, because what the registry meant, you had, to, and it was quite a simple thing you go to your local council you say i'm running short-term letting in my building and uh, they say, well, here's your registration number. And then Airbnb agreed that they wouldn't allow anybody to list in Japan unless they had the registration number. And, of course, Airbnb mm. are saying, yeah, this is fantastic. This is what we always wanted all the time. Why didn't anyway, they suggest it earlier on? Exactly. And why were they fighting tooth and nail not to have it in Australia? <laughs> sure. You know, if it's if it's good enough for Japan, it's it's good enough for here. But it's funny, actually. You go on... Airbnb in, in Japan, as I did just recently, um, just to check it out. And uh, you get this fantastic thing, and it says, two-bedroom apartment, it was just suitable for 12 people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, yeah, so you can see why they wanted to have it registered. Yeah. You know. So, so Yasmin's got some really good ideas, and would Gladys kind of reach out to Yasmin? No. Nah. Maybe Not in a million years. So who's got the most chance of getting in, Alex or Yasmin? I've probably got more chance than either <laughs> of them. <laughs> Gladys might reach out to me and say, can you send me that column that you wrote about? Because uh, she wants to sue. I want, no, because I, I want to steal those ideas. Mm. Um, but well, you wouldn't mind, would you? I mean, it would be, oh, it'd be, it'd good. be great. Yeah, good idea is a good idea. Yeah, fantastic. Well, it's a bit more sinister than just the allocation of ministries. Apparently, there was a a suggestion that he might walk if he didn't get something, as in resign his his, uh, Ah, candidacy. So then maybe an independent would get in or a Green. And that would change because, you know, I know it's not a hung parliament, but it's pretty close. There's only a couple of seats in it, Mm. a couple of sex scandals, and we could have a change of government here. (laughs) Oh, well, we shall see. But yeah, we'll give him a chance. Yep, yep. I mean, I have I have gone, I've done my research, I've gone out to Hansard and I've seen his speeches and I can tell you if there is ever a drought in Strata, he's our man. <laughs> he's an expert on that. Um, but apart from that, there's not an awful lot going on there. Mm, okay, well, Kevin, prove us wrong. Show us what you've got, mate. And you did your column last week in the Australian Financial Review on the best strata 
um, laws in the country, I think, around the country. And I think you're doing your next one this Saturday coming about the worst strata laws yes. around the country. Is that right? That's correct. That's and did you find correct. some real golden rules and some really awful rules? Yes. I mean, look, in the best strata laws, um, without discouraging anyone from going back and reading this stuff on our website, the best one, I think, we've got the best Airbnb laws here in New South Wales because uh, we are allowed to create bylaws for buildings where 75% of people in the building who bother to turn up at a meeting can say, we don't want short-term letting in our building, and that's it. So mm. the community gets to decide the way they want to live, and considering that the majority of people who bought in apartments in the past 50 years thought they were buying into residential property rather than a hotel, I think that's entirely valid. I don't think anywhere else in Australia has a similar thing, but in Queensland, it's very it's very complicated in Queensland because they have two different kinds of strata. They have residential and commercial strata, in, in terms of commercial as in it's designed to be let right, for holiday yeah. lets. Yeah. But even there, their holiday lets are often supposed to be no less than one week or two weeks. So mm. people coming in for weekends are even breaking those laws. So they're being tested at the moment in Queensland. So they're probably not quite as good as ours, but better than everybody else's. And the ones in Victoria and Tasmania are a disaster. Mm. And I think in South Australia, they don't even have any. Right. So uh, that's that's, uh, so we should be that's thankful a good for one. Yeah. Yeah. A good thing in Queensland is their strata commissioner and the fact that their strata is looked after by the Attorney General's office, oh. uh, which is an improvement on where it was. It used to be looked after by the Department of Horse Racing and Wine Promotion. <laughs> <laughs> you think I'm joking? Mm. I'm not. That's yeah. absolutely true. Mm. Tourism, horse racing and wine promotion. Mm. Here, of course, as we know, we are allegedly looked after by fair trading and and you get this thing of you know you go to you have a problem you go to fair trading you say look we're having an argument in our building about this thing can you give us some direction on what would happen if we went to a tribunal and fair trading will say we can't say anything about tribunal that comes under attorney general's office so then you go to the attorney general's office and you say can you give us some direction on this and they say, no, 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 that's fair trading. I mean, and that mm. sounds like a cliche, but I have had that happen to me, me so too. many times. It's yeah. very Kafka-esque, really. Oh, it's ridiculous. No. Yeah, yeah, nobody wants to take any responsibility. Mm. And then until you say, of course, as journalists, we get to say, all right, well, I'm going to quote you on saying that this is not your responsibility. And then they start panicking. <laughs> yeah. And you sometimes get a result out of that. But it's not good for people who aren't journalists, really, and just kind of really need some guidance and really need some proper advice. Mm. And maybe you don't have the money to pay expensive lawyers for that well, advice. Well, exactly. And even the lawyers can't give you a definitive answer because... They know, don't know yet. You know, if mm. lawyers agreed on what the law means, then they would <laughs> be out of a job within mm. weeks. Sure. A couple of weird laws in Victoria. I think I've got this in the column twice. Once is a good thing and once is a bad thing. Oh, uh, well, yeah. that doesn't sound very... Well, okay, let me let me run this past you and tell me if you think I'm right or wrong. You go for a special resolution, which is what you need to change a bylaw. Mm. And in Victoria, if you have more than 50% of the people at the meeting vote in favour of the special resolution, but not the 75% that's required to pass it, you can then create a provisional bylaw, which has to wait for two weeks 
to see if 25% of the owners are going to object. And if they don't, then it passes. That's kind of interesting, isn't it? So, you know, as we know from our years in Strata, the disengagement level in Strata is such that you could have a perfectly good and necessary bylaw and just not get enough people at the Mm. meeting, voting at the meeting, to push it through. So this actually takes that into account. The downside of their special resolutions is that you need a special resolution in Victoria to take legal action against anybody. Right. So if you've got, as they have, um, short-term letting in one-third of the apartments in some building and you want to take legal action against some of those operators, you're going to be stuck because Mm. you're never going to get that 75% vote. Sure, yep. So, uh, you know... It swings and roundabouts. I just think it's too confused. I mean, our mm. laws here, it's a straight... And it, and there, it's 75% of owners, not 75% of people voting at a meeting. Right. So that bar is set way high. Yeah, sure. And ours is not perfect, as we know, but it's, at least it's simple. Oh, I mean, how would you get 75% of owners, you know, even... Kind yeah, I know, even getting them to, to be engaged enough. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Now that's very hard. Yeah. Wow. So, so that's such a, that's a bit complicated. It's incredible, isn't it? Wouldn't it be fabulous if strata laws were made federally? So we all had the same laws throughout the country and we could pick the very best and get rid of the very worst. And really, there's a great argument for saying strata laws should be federal, isn't there? Because... Strata is the same all around the country, you know. Well, yeah, people living in apartments. But then you go to Queensland, and we haven't even talked about the worst law in the whole of Australia, which is the law that in Queensland and nowhere else in Australia means that developers can pre-sell management rights for 25 years. The owners come in, they basically get handed the management rights contract, which has been signed, sealed, and they're told you have to you have to service this for the next 25 years. Almost impossible to get rid of. And you know, even Queensland law says you cannot create any other contracts before the first AGM. You can't set up a you know an electrical services contract or a telephone service contract before the first AGM. You can set up a contract, but it has to be approved by the owners, and it usually is. This one thing, which is illegal in every other state, is just you know, it's I call it frequently legalized corruption, and that's what it is. It's just it's shocking that this day and age that still exists. And you you kind of think that somebody could take a legal action against that, say it's unconscionable. It's been tried. It's been tried many times, and there was a case fairly recently where a company somehow managed to go bust, even though they've got these feather bedded contracts. They went they went bankrupt. Goodness um, me. The owners' corporation, the body corporate, as they call it there, still went, terrific, now we've got out of this contract, the company's gone, now we can choose our building managers, we can set the terms and the length of the contract. And the liquidator said, no, 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 that contract belongs to me. (gasps) So I will choose who your building manager is, and I will choose the terms of the contract, and all you have to do is pay the fees. Wow. That is extraordinary, isn't it? It is absolutely unbelievable, and they took it to court. I mean, it's almost Dickensian, isn't it? Mm. You know, they and the owners quite rightly took it to court, and uh, they were told, "No, you, it's a contract, and the contract belongs to originally the company that went bust, and because they don't exist anymore, it's the liquidator. It's one of their assets, and they can sell it to whoever they like." 
That's horrendous. And uh, I, as far as I know, in that case, the liquidator wasn't even interested in talking to the body corporate, mm. at least to find out, well, if we're going to sell it to somebody, who would you like us to sell it to? They just said, highest bidder. So would you buy an apartment in Queensland? Not in this lifetime. Right. It's. I've never heard, I've heard so many stories about people who've gone up there, they've been enticed by the, the great fabulous views of the ocean and you know there's so many rentals that you can put in while you're not using it or you can be there permanently and, and the worst combination is to be a permanent resident of a building that is 75 percent holiday rentals sure and and people come back and say it's a terrible mistake you know yeah. you, you lose money you can't make any decisions about your building about your life because the contract you know and and the cases i've heard a couple of people talk about you know, they were living in apartments permanently and they would could get nothing done by the caretaker because the caretaker didn't want them there because the caretakers also run the rental role. Yes, of course, which so is really valuable. Very, very, and, you know, having a permanent resident, they don't get any commission. So they're trying to basically, some of them are trying to drive the, the permanent residents out mm. so they can get a turnover of, of rentals. That's such a conflict of interest. It really oh, it's should never be allowed. But it's Queensland. Mm. Yeah. We shouldn't say that. I mean, Queensland's a wonderful place and it full is. of nice people. Absolutely. What but a fabulous scenery. The weather's beautiful one minute, perfect the next. And it's a great place, but, you know, but they're just, they're strata laws. They've given up. You know, I, I was reading a, 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 an eminent lawyer's opinion the other day who, who said, look, this is wrong, this is corrupt, this should never have happened, but it has happened, and it's been around for 50 years, and I'm talking about the pre-sale thing. And uh, he said, it's been around for 50 years and we just have to live with it. And mm. uh, you can't unscramble an egg, was the phrase he used. Yes, you, but you can kind of chuck the egg down the you can throw and it. start again. All it would take. Oh, that young guy who throws eggs. We should get, get him. him. <laughs> yeah, he got bashed the other day, sadly. Mm. Yeah. Um, but he's well, not being charged by Victorian police. No, I think you should get a medal. What you could do is say, all right, we're going to grandfather all the contracts that are existing so they won't be changed nobody's going to lose anything but no more no about well, three-year be... limit or something like that but the thing is the banks in queensland have so much money tied up in the loans that people took out to buy the contracts in the first place mm. that that would be a huge source of revenue for the banks and they're not going to give that up without a fight no it's a bit depressing isn't it really Almost as depressing as having a Nationals MP as our strata minister. And on that point, <laughs> let's move right along. <laughs> so, Sue, so you had a couple of questions about assistance animals in well, yes, apartments. Because where I live, lots of buildings are now trying to get animals into their buildings. They're, they're, they haven't been allowed with the bylaws, but there's kind of like a real movement now among people to kind of band together and try and organise campaigns to have their bylaws overturned. Yes. And I think in one building, um, a guy got in because he said his animal was an assistance animal. Yes. Did you hear about that case? I did, actually. Um, but that was a, an odd one. I think the one you're talking about is the guy who's who had managed to get various certificates to say he was profoundly deaf due to industrial... I think, in fact, Ironically, he was a former printer from one of the big newspapers. Oh dear. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so, I and mean, we've mm. both been in uh, print rooms when the uh, when the printing machines have been running at full yeah. tilt, 
and they are noisy. Mm. And this was the days when, you know, anybody who put earmuffs on was a sissy. So, you know, it's quite possible that the man's hearing had been damaged. So he got himself an alleged assistance animal, which alerted him if somebody came to the door Mm. by barking. Oh, okay, (laughs) right. (laughs) Right. So, and he won his case. He was taken, uh, in fact, to district court by the the owner's corporation, and uh, he won his case, uh, which kind of legitimized not only him having an animal, but having an animal that barked. Right. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. And just to clarify, you know, people with hearing, Im- impaired hearing, can get assistance animals to alert them, mm. um, like, for instance, to somebody being at the door. But what happens is the little dog is trained to run up, sit in front of you, maybe mm. put its paw on your knee. Just to let you know. Yeah. Let you know, because mm. the dog has been trained, you can't hear, so what's mm. the point in barking? Mm. Anyway, this guy, he got through. Now, I don't know if that would happen these days, because the loophole of the assistance animal has given people the opportunity to bypass bylaws. Um, now you have to get your animal approved by your local council. And and there are certain there are some training facilities. So you, depending on where you live, your local council will say, okay, you say that's an assistance animal. Well, then go to this company and they will train it and certify it as assistance animal. But once that happens, then you bypass the bylaws. Okay. But in any case, there's been a couple of occasions where people have gone to NCAT and said this bylaw that says no pets is harsh and oppressive. And the NCAT, the tribunal, has said, yeah, we agree, mm. and knocked the bylaws over. Sure. So that's, yeah. that's a, a, I mean, it's a, it's a sea change. I mean, I've had people mm. say to me, I was on radio a couple of years ago, and the host said, uh, you know, after introducing me, his first question was, okay, well, we all know that animals are not allowed in apartment blocks. Mm. I think a lot of people still think that, don't yeah, they? Yeah, they do. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of people still think they shouldn't be allowed in apartment blocks. Yeah. Which, crazy, I, I mean, I, I think if I lived in an apartment building that didn't allow animals, I think I would take my cat and say it was an assistance cat because yes. it's a stress reliever having a pet. You know, stroking a pet kind of takes a lot of the anxiety and, and stress. But I can't imagine taking my cat to a trainer no. <laughs> and getting it to actually demonstrate. To do anything. No, that's right. It would just say, no, I'm not. I'm not um, How much am I getting paid? <laughs> Where's the fish? <laughs> um, well, you know, the, the the pet debate will run and run. As you know, I'm pro-pets in apartment buildings. I think they bring people together. But I also think people should be able to choose to live in a block that doesn't have pets. I mean, if you've got... Well, allergies is a different thing because if you live in a, a block and you have allergies and you're affected by the animals around you, you can actually get the animals removed. Mm. because humans do come first. But if people really socially, culturally, for whatever reason, don't want to live under the same roof as animals, and there are some religions that really frown upon living under the same roof as animals, I think you should be able to find a building Mm. that says we are not pet friendly and we never will be, and say, okay, that's where I want to be. Yeah, absolutely. So they're kind of opting out rather than opting in. Yeah, but they should be able to lock that in yeah, is the sure. point I'm making. Yeah. You know, you don't want you know the first person to come along and say, oh, great, I'll be the only person in this building with a dog. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be interesting to know what ha- would happen to the value of an apartment building if it actually became um, 
a no-pet sanctuary, really. Mm. Um, because I think most buildings that allow animals, their their values have tended to appreciate a little more than others because they're really in demand. Yeah. Um, especially among renters, really. If a renter has a, a dog or a cat or a bird, it's actually quite hard for them to find a place yep. where yep. the bylaws allow it and the owner of the apartment allows it too. So they're willing to pay a higher rent and they're often you know, really good tenants because they're actually really pleased. They're, yeah, the they're grateful. Yeah. Mm. Oh, look, it's hard. You know, that, that um, you know, what affects the values of, of properties? I mean, I hate to do it, but to come back to Airbnb in Melbourne at the moment, you can go to some of the high end apartment block to buy off the plan mm. and you have to sign a legally binding document that you will not ever put your apartment and list it for short term holiday letting. Wow. Because the developers are saying, well, people who spend a lot of money on apartments want to be able to do so with the surety that the next door apartment isn't going to be turned into a holiday home. Well, that's fair enough, actually. That's kind of quite an interesting idea. It's very proactive. It is. I mean, but it always shows you, you know, follow the money. That's if you want to know, you know, and it is sadly one law for the rich and one for the poor because the people who are already bought into apartments in Melbourne they're stuck, you know. They've got, sure. just got to wait for the people next to them to trash the apartment three times and then they can maybe do something about it, <laughs> provided they can get 75% of the vote. Oh! <laughs> okay, well, that's all for from us for this week. Thanks very much, Sue. Pleasure, Jimmy. And we'll be back again next week. If you want to find out more about what's happening in the world of Strata, go to flat-chat.com.au. Ask us a question. We've got hundreds of people waiting to answer your questions with their experiences. And if you enjoy these podcasts, please subscribe through whatever service you get them. I've been Jimmy Thompson. And I'm still Sue Williams. <laughs> Weird, <laughs> Jimmy. <laughs> Talk to you next week.